You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our youth pastor, Eric Miker. I've got lots of things going on this morning, and I think I remembered half of them. So we'll see how this goes. Um, one more time for the Unite Worship Band. Can we show them our appreciation? His word says to never get tired of doing what is good, and, and they do such a good job. One thing you can't see from up there back in the dark cave, Rush, if you haven't seen him before, it's because he's a sixth grader, and he's up there uh, playing the drums and serving the Lord and um, giving his gifts. And I think Savannah, we've got some eighth graders up here, so they do a great job. This morning's message is on purpose. And something I said to the students before we started was, your purpose, Rush, is not a drummer. When God looks at you, he does not see only a drummer. That is your gift. It can be part of your purpose, but what is the difference? I think some of us would get lost on that path. So we're going to talk about that. Raise your hand if you've ever been actually, truly lost. And I mean truly lost. Like, I don't know if I'll ever get back home lost. It happened to me on Lewis County, in Lewis County, on a ridge. I was probably 13, 14 years old. I had my own deer rifle. I was the big, great hunter. And um, it was snowing, and I had shot a deer, and I'm meandering around. For some reason, when it's snowing in the woods, everything just looks the same. And so I dragged this thing down to the truck, and it was a cabin that I'd never seen before. And there was smoke coming out of it, so I assumed someone was in there. Or at the very worst, it was on fire. I need to go check on it. And so I went through the snow to this cabin to a bunch of guys playing cards who I didn't know. And I said, do you know where Cole Holla is? And they said, absolutely. See that big hill you just came down? It's straight up and over that on the other side. And so in that moment, in that being lost, same thing when we were children in the grocery store, you feel a little bit of panic. You feel a little bit of anxiety. You feel a little bit of what's my next step? Will it be right? Will it be wrong? And it's that way in our adult lives, too, with jobs, with promotions, with relationships, with all of these things. We can overthink and say, am I missing my purpose? Am I missing God's purpose for my life? And I'm going to show you what I think is an easy way to not do that in theory. Now, in application, it becomes a little bit trickier because we're imperfect humans. But that's what we're going to look at today. So I want to pray for you, if you would bow your heads. God, I thank you for everyone here this morning. God, I thank you for the family, for the body that you've seen fit to assemble here at Jewel City Church, God. God, for all of those here, God, for all of those traveling, God, for all of those on vacation, God, that you would continue to bind us together, God, to knit us together through your purpose and through your word and through your spirit. And with your head still bowed, I would ask right now that you would pray for me, that the words I would say would be of his heart. Amen. Amen. If we would, I'm going to take us through a 12-verse, 12-verse program, like a 12-step program. No, it's a 12-verse path to purpose that is already laid out for us in the book of Romans. So as we read the first verse of Romans chapter 12, would you stand with me? Romans chapter 12. We're going to be in verses 1 through 12. 
says this, therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. I know you just stood up, but you can be seated. (laughs) I like that we do that at this church. It shows that we respect the word of God. Um, Anyone ever have a WWJD bracelet? Raise your hand if you ever owned one. I like to pull the audience. Okay. Now, young people, raise your hand. Just be honest, or old people, whoever. Middle-aged people, myself. You don't know what a WWJD bracelet is. Is there any of those people? Because I'll tell you right now. We'll take time. Okay, it looks like most people do. It just means, what would Jesus do? So when it comes to Jesus' purpose in the flesh on this earth, we can learn a lot about our purpose through his purpose. Right? Did his purpose involve pain? Yes. Was his purpose perfect? Yes. Those are some tough questions we're going to evaluate a little bit more. Was his purpose sacrificial? Even upon death upon the cross? Yes, it was. It checks all those boxes, but that's what it says. As living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. Offer your bodies. That's exactly what Jesus did. And when I see others doing that in his name, maybe they say this is a a Christian act or just in love that we don't even know. I don't know why I just saw Kim Southern's face there. When I see you down at the um, garden in Chinston providing those vegetables and just putting that work and that love for someone else, that's not for you. I mean, maybe you bring Mark home a pepper every once in a while. I don't know. (laughs) But, But that's mainly for someone else, right? For other people to be blessed. And that shows love to everyone who passes by. And if we would do more things like that when we're driving down the streets of Shinston, we wouldn't look and be discouraged. We would be encouraged. So that's how that sacrificial purpose is for people. If you're taking notes, I want to write that down. There's going to be a lot of alliteration in this message. If you don't know what alliteration is, it's like words side by side with the same syllable that start. It's been a while since some of us have taken English, but that's what it is. So purpose is for people. Purpose is for people. It's for other people. If what you're doing is only for yourself, I would look and evaluate and ask God, how can I turn this gift that I'm using for myself into your purpose? Romans 12, 2 tells us how to do that. It's really amazing how God lines his words so so well for us. It says this, it says, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Pleasing and perfect. Do you want to know God's will for your life? Yep, me too. Stop searching on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook for your purpose. What you find there is comparison. And comparison, ready for some more alliteration, is a purpose purloin. Purloin. Has anyone ever used the word purloin? (laughs) No? Anyone? All right, it was more popular in the 1800s. Some of you guys weren't around for that. But purloin means to take wrongly or to steal. To purloin is to take wrongly or to steal. You can even ask Siri. It's true. Comparison is a purpose purloin. How do we do his will? 
That's a question I, I kind of felt from you guys when we were saying, like, I want to do God's will. How? We do his word. When we do God's word, we do God's will. How do we know God's word? We study to show ourselves approved. That's what he tells us in his word. So if you feel like you're not doing his will, refer to the manual. Men, sometimes we're not good at that. We want to do it our way, right? But just when we go down the correct side of the mountain in the snow and see the place that we're supposed to be, purpose is pleasing. You can write that down. Purpose is pleasing. It says his will is good. His will is pleasing. His will is perfect. But remember from before, it might involve pain. And it will involve sacrifice. Let's see what we can learn from Romans 12:3 in that. But for the grace given by many, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. What is it called when we think of ourselves more highly? Now think of this P alliteration we get going on. What is it when we think of ourselves more highly than we ought? Proud, pride, pride. That is a purpose purloin as well. I'll stop saying that because it makes you giggle because it's the 1800 word. But pride blocks our ability to see his perfect and pleasing will because we see our own. I made a joke about men not willing to do the manual, but we've done that sometimes when we build the thing. We've got 12 extra parts and our wife walks in and it's like four inches off on one side. And she's like, what happened? It's like, I thought I knew how to do it the best myself, apparently. I didn't. But the back half of that verse says, think of yourself in sober judgment and according with the faith God has distributed to each of you. It's specific. It can even be different for different purposes, that faith. Purpose is peculiar. So if you're not like every, Ski's digging this, alliteration thing. (laughs) Purpose is peculiar. So if you're not like everyone else on your row, perfect. Because you have a different calling than maybe everyone on your row. We all have this one big great thing to do, and I'm going to spell that out, what that is, but how do we do it? I'm looking around the room, I see many coaches. What if you only had point guards on a basketball team? Wouldn't go very well, right? What if we only had centers? Football teams, when everyone wants to be the quarterback and all their parents want them all to be the quarterback, coaches are like, they do. But (laughs) maybe that doesn't work out. So purpose is peculiar. It's never been our purpose to tell God and everyone else how to be just like us. But that's what we do. Thanks, Mom. that's what we do and here's the thing that we all should do differently together in our own area like I, I look at Chris Jones he lives like close to me but he lives in a different area than me if something goes bad around Chris's area I won't know about it I can't serve in your area but you can so together we can cover both of our areas right But here's our main purpose where we're at, to know God 
and to make God known. If you're taking any notes, write that down. Our purpose, I know this without a doubt, by his word, is to know God and to make God known. And so that's what I said to the youth. If you miss a tom or a cymbal or a key or drop your guitar, whatever, know God, make him known. Because a purpose, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but purpose is a path And the enemy wants to redirect us, right? Through pride, through all of these things that rob from his purpose for our life. Romans 12, four says this, for just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. Pride says everyone should be just like me. Pride says you're weird because you're not like me. Pride says you're wrong because you're not like me. That's missing it. 12.4 says, each one body has many members. These members do not all have the same function. Body parts have specialized function. That's how they work together as a whole. Everyone clap your hands. Good job. You heard that with your ears. Now everyone clap your ears. You heard that with your hands. It doesn't work. Stomp your feet. All right. Stomp your shoulders. Well, I was the youth kid that said, okay, and I would be like jamming my shoulder on the floor. That's not smart. Okay. Parts have purpose. If you're writing things down, parts have purpose. So be thankful for the purpose that you have in the part that you are. What happens when that ear says, I want to do the job a hand has, it doesn't work. But what happens when that that foot looks at the hand and says, I'm so glad that hand can reach out. I'm so glad that hand can make a chord on a guitar and that I can carry that hand to the next place the hand needs to go. That's how it needs to work. Romans 12, 5 says, In Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. There is a qualifier. It says, in Christ. So I'm not saying just anybody on the street. I'm saying a brother and sister in Christ belongs to you and you to them. So we should look out for them. We should take care of them. We should love them, even in their differences. And that's not always easy to do. Jealousy and insecurity is something that robs us from that. On a wrestling team, there's something called a wrestle-off. Some of you might be familiar with that. You might not. So if there's a 165 weight class and there's three guys that are 165, they all have to wrestle and whoever wins that is now the starter on the wrestling team. So if I'm 165 and I see a 200 pounder come into the gym, I'm rooting for that guy. I don't care. He's not going to cut down to 165. He's nothing like me. His purpose isn't the same as mine. I'm rooting for him. But when I see a guy come in that might be around 167, I start thinking, oh, man, he might have the same purpose as me. I all of a sudden start looking for things I don't like about him or weaknesses that he has in a way I could get ahead of him. We can't do that in Christ. We can't do that. I was standing on a mountaintop in Wetzel County the other morning, and I was looking, and, and like, there's no light disturbance. I could see the moon. I could see the stars. I could see Jupiter. If God can figure that out, he can figure out what to do with two 165s, or he can figure out what to do with two managers or two pastors or two whatever it is, right? So we have peace in that, and we just do what we do the best that we can do in honor to him. So jealousy and insecurity has no, peop- has no place. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says this. 
We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Right? That's what God's word says. Society takes that idea and flips it a little bit. It says we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. We have what we can handle. We have what we can handle. Ski, since you're close, come up here, brother. I need someone else. Pastor Aaron, come join me up here. I'm going to give you guys the same purpose, but different tools. Which one of you prefers a screwdriver over a power drill? Neither one of you. Perfect. I'm going to give it to you because I love you. And I'm going to give you this. Now notice, I wouldn't grab the young lady there who's a couple years old and hand her a power drill. I wouldn't even hand her a screwdriver, right? Because maybe she can't handle it. Have you ever seen a little kid try to run a power drill? What happens? Smacks him in the face. You ever done that? I've been close. All right. <laughs> All right, Pastor Aaron. Would you screw that screw into that board, into that board? Yeah. Let's cheer for him. Come on, he needs some encouragement. He's doing it. He's going. He's going to do it. <laughs> Can I borrow your drill? That's a valid question. But sometimes we don't have a drill. Be persistent, see? All right, perseverance. See, there are there's so many P words. It's amazing. All right, he made it. Let's hear it for Pastor Aaron. All right, John. All right, cheer him on. Oh, wait, he's done. He's done. Um, but now watch. Now, John had a power drill. Now, something gets taken out of that, and now this is all he has. Now, John has a choice, and I know John. He would do it with a screwdriver if that's all he had. But some people would say, that's not my purpose. My purpose is bigger than that. That's right. Right? So now... Screw that in. <laughs> I can't. I'll be the idiot that would like be trying and hurt myself. Thank you, guys. Let's give me a hand. We have to be willing to use what we have as long as we have it until he gives us something better suited for the job. Right? So if your job doesn't pay as much as your neighbors or the purpose you follow on Instagram, that's okay. Your job is not your purpose. We have what we can handle. In our travels, we played at some large churches. There was a church in Anderson, South Carolina. I'm not going to say the name of the church or the name of the pastor. Um, it's, it's a public thing. This pastor had a goal in my opinion, a purpose for himself that he would see 100,000 people within his ministry. 
And when he t- anytime you say he and his too many times or I too many times, sometimes we're headed for trouble. He got stuck on this little small 40,000 number. And his gift let him down because he tried to make it his purpose. And he turned to other things that led to him being removed from his position because he was so adamant on what he wanted to do. And we can fall into that if we're not careful. Gifts are not our purpose. If you've ever been to a 20-year reunion, there'll be that guy in the letterman jacket talking about the pass he threw and not living his life now, right? Because his gift, he tried to make his purpose. And that doesn't work out. They can be part of our purpose. How do we know if our gift is being used as our purpose? Because purpose is for people. If it's going out, if it's making others better and closer to God, if it's knowing God and making God known, our gifts can be used for our purpose. How do we know what our gifts are? That's another question. I would say usually, and this might be just a a natural thing, but I would say usually our gifts are something that we're good at with little effort. And if we put a lot of effort into it, we could be great at it. So if we're really, really bad at something and we put a lot of effort into it, will we be great? We might be good, but we've now taken all that time away from our other gifts. What do I mean by that? Have people around you that you love, that you trust, and that you'll listen to, to help you, right? If you love to sing by yourself, but every time you sing around someone else, they turn turn up the radio or like roll down the window or go in the other room, when you ask that person, hey, I'm thinking about trying out for the Christmas production for a solo, and they go, okay, maybe that's not your gift, and that's okay, because there's something else that you're good at. Gifts are not fair, right? You've heard favor ain't fair, alliteration. Gifts are not fair. My son, Bear, he's about three foot five. If I told him, Bear, just try your hardest, you'll be a center in the NBA, I would probably be lying to him, right? If my son was Oscar Shibway and he's seven foot and fast and had a 45 inch vertical, I might suggest that he go into the NBA. <laughs> but we have different gifts. That's just a little sidetrack, I don't know how I get on that. Perfect purpose is precise. Perfect purpose is precise. Our gifts can complement our purpose. We are made the way we are made perfectly and wonderfully for a reason. Right? Purpose is for people. Anyone ever, anyone ever been to California or West Coast, Nevada? So there's 27 restaurants out there, kind of similar to Bob Evans' restaurants, called Marie Callender restaurants. Anyone ever heard of that or seen one of those? Yeah, I got a few of those. Okay, when she started working, she worked at, what, did I say it wrong? I know you're a West Coaster. Is that how you say it? We're thinking, why would you go there? In-N-Out. In-N-Out Burger. I mean, that's another out West place. But, but this lady worked at a, at a Greasy Spoon Diner for another person, and the diner was going downhill. And it was about to close. And she 
served because that's what gave her a paycheck. But you know what she loved to do, what she was gifted at doing? Making pies. So she suggested to management, could I bring a pie? He was like, you know, no one's coming anyways, you might as well. And she did. And however many pieces were in that pie, eight, they all sold. The next day, guess what happened? People came back asking for more pieces of that pie. The next day, more pies, more pies. And then she made enough money, kept the diner open, she bought herself an industrial oven. She started cranking out these pies. Now if you go out west, there's 27 full-time restaurants named Marie Callender under her name. But how did she do it, Pastor Aaron? One pie. She started with one pie. You might have seen the YouTube video that says, how do you change the world? Start by making your bed. Looking at you, Bruce. <laughs> Start by making your bed. And I, and I can be bad at that, right? I have all these things, all these thoughts, all these passions, all these ideas, but the thing that needs done most is right in front of me, and I need to be faithful to do that before I worry about everything else. So that is how you can use your gift. Your purpose is to know God and make him known. On peculiar purpose, maybe you're not a full-time minister. Right? We have this weird thing we do as saying, well, if God really loved me, since I love him so much, I would be in full-time ministry. That's funny because every time I talk to people in full-time ministry, they're like on the other side of that. Why can't I just have a normal job? Right? A clock in, clock out, I'm done, it's over. But you have a peculiar purpose. I had a friend, Eugene Ng, who was the head of our life groups in Roanoke, Virginia at our church. Sorry, camera team, I can't stand still. I'll stand right here. His name was Eugene Ng, and he felt called to give. And as we looked in the book of Romans, that is a calling that God puts on our life. He was an ophthalmologist. If you don't know what that is, it's an eye surgeon. He owned several practices, and he gave a lot, but not just financially. He was the head of the life groups. He led an adult life group. He also co-led with myself a youth life group on Tuesday nights and ran six practices, I think six at the time. But Eugene felt sometimes that he wasn't doing enough. How many of you are extremely gifted, but whenever you look at your gift, you see not enough? Comparison will steal purpose. I would say that Eugene probably gave more, was a part of giving more than almost all of some of the staff in the church when it comes to the way the world views things. But as Pastor Kerry brought out, we're not measuring things that way. That's where the enemy has dominion. That's where the enemy has a place in your life. Listen to this. It's off the notes. If, if you hear anything else, listen to this. Whenever we measure things the way the world measures things, we're letting the devil dictate what we do. And then we're asking him if we're good enough. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Question, Billy Graham, do you think evangelism was his gift or his purpose? I'm letting that sink in. Some are weighing in. You think evangelism was his gift or his purpose? Gift? I got a gift. 
Purpose? I got a purpose. All right, we're going to have to pull the audience. Who thinks evangelism was Billy Graham's gift? Raise your hand. All right. Who thinks evangelism was Billy Graham's purpose? Raise your hand. You're right. You're right. His gift became his purpose because he was equipped by God through his calling to know God and make him known. Right? And that's a big deal. Is it not a big deal if we're not Billy Graham? What if we're only a grandfather or only a father or only a neighbor? Is it still a big deal what we do? It absolutely is. I've had the privilege of knowing his grandson, Will. Will works with Samaritan Purse. Franklin is the uh, president, I guess, of Samaritan's Purse. So last night I was literally working on this point and I got a text from Mike Tomko that said, hey, we've got those shoe boxes out front. Could you mention that maybe at the end of service? I said, I'm actually working on a point that involves the president of Samaritan's Purse, so why don't I just work it in right there? We've got 300 of these, Mike, right? These have to be back November the 20th. Is that right? Do you believe that purpose is for people? I hope that you do. We have an opportunity to make these 300 boxes disappear and reappear, follow the instructions, and send God's love and his purpose. These go overseas? Overseas. I wonder if Romans 12 says anything about purpose being for people. You're right. Verses 9 and 10. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Could you buy more gifts for yourself with whatever you put in that box? You absolutely could. But purpose is for people. What a timely opportunity to value others more than ourselves. We're almost done. Romans 12, 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal. Never. It doesn't say take this amount of Sundays off. It doesn't say take this message off. It doesn't say take this shift at work off. It says never be lacking in zeal. One thing I can do as a full-time minister who's always at the church, always talking about God, whenever I go out, the temptation is to check out, right? This is my time. Purpose doesn't work that way. And I'm glad that it doesn't. The text that I was actually reading from Will was about his opportunity to meet this guy. Well, actually, we were just talking about duck hunting. I'll be honest with you. We were just talking about duck hunting. And he sent a picture of this guy at this plantation and all these ducks. And I was like, that's awesome. If you ever need someone there to help you lead worship or do anything down there, just here's my number, call me up. He said, I met this man years ago. In 2017, I had the privilege of sharing Christ with him. Last year, I had the privilege of preaching at his funeral. This is a young man. I say that because he's not too much older than me. He was on a plane after taking youth hunters to duck hunt, and the plane went down in the Atlantic Ocean. 
Now, that duck hunt in the blind where Will could have said, I'm not in the pulpit, I'm not preaching. He didn't say that. He kept his zeal. He kept his spiritual fervor. He served the Lord in the purpose that he had for his life and led this man to the Lord. Here's the text, he said. In response, he said, you are right. We have to use every opportunity to tell others about Christ. We never know when it will be the last time we see them or it might be us getting on the next plane. Every opportunity, every moment, every shift, every game, every thought, every action is from him and for him. Pain has purpose. As Carrie comes to the piano, pain has purpose. Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Those in pain, this is for you. Be joyful, be patient, be faithful, be prayerful. Do the last right thing you knew to do. Keep using the screwdriver. Don't just stand with your hands out and say, nothing is going my way. We're going to watch a short video. It's like a minute long. It's a guy named Scotty. Scotty was in the Army. He was at a checkpoint in Iraq, and, and vehicles were coming his way. You've got to know where these guys are at. Everyone is trying to harm them. They have to check children with goats because they're literally sending shepherds out to destroy these soldiers and these people. He stopped this vehicle after a couple warnings and it brought injury to himself, but he saved everyone behind him. Let's watch this short clip from Scotty. No clip? Okay, that's okay. I can tell you what he said. He struggled. He was blinded. He lost his sight. Through that pain, he lost his faith that was given to him. His wife is sitting beside him in this clip. He lost his ability to not only see in the natural, but to see in the spiritual. His wife's prayer for him shifted from God gives Scotty his sight to God gives Scotty his sight. And that's what the enemy wants for all of us. He wants to rob the sight of our faith that doesn't come from our natural eyes. Purpose is a path, it's not a place. If you are seeking the will of God, you cannot miss it. Because in seeking it, you are finding it. That's what you're called to do is to seek his will. So anytime you step back and say, I have missed his will, I'm out of his will, I'll never find it, I'm too far gone, I'm too messed up, you're wrong. Purpose is a path 
It's not a place. Have you ever stopped to think why is pain so hard to handle? Why is death and disease so hard to digest? Because it wasn't our purpose, Dwayne. In the garden, he didn't design us for death. He designed us for life. We chose death. The wages of sin is death. So if you're struggling with doubt, if you're struggling with disease, it is part of the pain that we experience living on this earth. It does not mean your heavenly father has forgotten you or that he does not love you. It just means you're human. In the scripture, when it said why, who sinned that this might, might be born blind? The word says no one. This happened so that God would be known and made known. So whatever your pain is, find the purpose. It'll take you to places and it'll allow you to share with people you never could have met before, you never could have reached before. Scotty Smiley, after this terrible event, losing his eyes so sacrificially for others, he has been on almost every talk show. Coach K brought him in to speak to the USA basketball team. He told Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, how to see purpose. That is what God can do if we don't listen to what the enemy has for us. Why is it so important? The legacy you leave will impact future generations. Samaritan's Purse didn't start with Will, didn't start with Franklin, didn't even start with Billy. Your purpose is important for future generations. Real quick, Steve Miker Sr. His parents moved here from Hungary, fought in the army, walked to work for years before owning a car, struggled. His dad passed away while he was out, sacrificially sending money back to his family. His mother, who didn't speak English, couldn't provide, couldn't work. He could have stayed in that, but he didn't. He went to a little country church near Morgantown, West Virginia, and he started serving the Lord, I believe in his 50s. And he continued teaching Sunday school, teaching others how to have hope, how to have purpose into his 80s. It wasn't Billy Graham, but he was important. The legacy he left gives my father strength to continue every day. Had it been different, had it been alcoholism, had it been suicide, had it been any other thing that would also be released into the family. So fathers, what you do and how you deal with pain and purpose is important for your family. It's important. Paul found the purpose precondition, and it's this. 
Philippians 4, 12, and 13. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. That does not mean I can be whatever I want because Philippians 4.13 is in the Bible. That means I can make it through anything the devil throws at me because of what Christ did on the cross. We don't need to lie to the younger generation and tell them they will be whatever they decide they want to be. That is not the truth. We need to align ourselves with the word of God so that we can know God and make him known to others. And that's great news. That's great news for us and those of us in diagnosis and treatments and surgery and doubts and hurts and affliction. That's great news because that gift of pain, it even hurts to call it a gift, but it is, is made to perfect us. It's made to make us stronger. It's made to open our opportunities. It's not our purpose. Our purpose is to know God and what? It's up there. To know God and what? Make him known. Bow your heads. Knowing God starts with a decision. It's not enough to know about God. It's not enough to know there is a God. We have to know God in an intimate way where we accept that he is bigger than we are and that he has a plan and he has a perfect will for our life. We accept that our power, any power we have comes from what he did on the cross on our behalf for us. And that power is available to all who call on the name of the Lord. If that's you this morning and you know that you need to know the one who set all of this in motion. You need to know the creator. And you want to make that decision now. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and look up here at me? Raise your hand and say, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I acknowledge that I need a savior to begin my purpose with him. If you're here and you know you need to get back on the path. You need to be knowing God. You need to be making him known every minute of every day. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you right now. God, I thank you for your word, God. I thank you for the, the roadmap that you laid out in Romans 12, God and how we can live sacrificially, how we can live for others, God, how we can have purpose, God, for you and for everyone we encounter, God. I pray that we wouldn't miss a moment, God. God, I pray specifically for families right now, God, for those things the enemy is trying to use for evil, God. Your word says you will turn it for your good, God, that all things work together for the good of those who love you, God. God, you didn't say most things, God. You didn't say things we think are good. You said all things. God, for the families, Struggling to see that, struggling to find that, God. I pray that you give more faith where we need more faith. I pray that you give more grace where we need more grace. God, let us not miss a moment. Let us walk in your purpose. 
It's in your name we pray. And amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 